Welcome to the Hope Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and tune in. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I'm Margaret Michael. And I'm Grayson Willis. Thank you for joining us today. And uh, today we're joined uh, via the phone by my dad, Pastor Kerry Willis. Uh, dad, uh, good to have you. Happy Father's Day. Yeah, thank you, son. Actually, you made me a father. So I owe all that uh, gratitude to the good Lord and to you. Your mama had some things to do with it as well. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's good to have you all here today. Good to have you with us, um, Pastor Kerry. And I would be amiss not to ask you what kind of ice cream is your favorite ice cream? Uh, cold. I like cold ice cream. Uh, I'm not real picky when it comes to ice cream, really. But uh, probably, I guess, if I'm just really going to say my all-time favorite is lemon. That's interesting. That's because when I was a little boy many years ago, uh, about once a week or maybe once a month, we went into town and we had what we called the dime store. Uh, it was a much simpler version of Woolworths or Walmart. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they had an ice cream dipping section. And um, almost always I went for the lemon. Occasionally I went for the lime. I know you do love key lime too, don't you? Yes, I do. So I kind of go for the fruit stuff, you know. Uh, that's what I generally lean toward. But I also, I also like a good, a good dip of anything with caramel in it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was in Sarasota a few years ago. Went to an ice cream shop, and they had key lime ice cream, which had like the graham crackers in it. Like it was. I've key had lime. It. Oh, that is. That was some of the best ice cream I've ever had. So I've never had lemon ice cream, so I may have to try it. Well, at Klein's there in your neck of the woods, uh, they have a, like a lemon ginger snap or something like that, uh, that close be, to that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know you're not going to talk Grayson into it. Um, talk me into going to Klein's or to getting lemon into, ginger snap. Right. I know you'll go to Klein's, but I'm not sure that you'll have the lemon ginger snap. But I'll try it. <laughs> well, Dad, that's just a kind of a open up, just a get to know you type of question, kind of a lighthearted thing. I was just thinking on Father's Day, and being that your birthday was last week, and you hit a milestone with your 60th birthday, so happy birthday a week late. That uh, you could maybe just share maybe some reflections over the last 60 years, whether they're lessons you've learned as a man or as a father or whatever the Lord has placed on your heart. Or as a son. Or as a son. Uh, yeah, I fit those categories, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, yeah, uh, 60 years kind of gone by pretty quick. And in other ways, it seems like more like 100 years. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I'm a great debtor. I, you know, I was raised in a, a family that love was the centerpiece of, you know, our family. My grandparents really went back to my great grandparents. Uh, I knew some of them briefly, but uh, not very long. But yeah, I've always uh, had a deep sense of uh, blessing that I was uh, raised by people who 
loved God and loved one another and loved me. Uh, we were still very human. But, uh, yeah, as far back as I can go, I just remember nurture. Uh, my granny, Margie, Marjorie was her name, but we called her Granny Margie. She grew up on an Outer Banks island called Ocracoke Island. Uh, she was the oldest of four children. Her dad was drowned when she was 12 years old, and her mother had to go to work full-time cooking in the local restaurants. And so my granny sort of raised her three younger siblings. And um, I was a benefactor of all that nurturing that was forced on her, kind of. She had to learn it. And uh, so she brought that into our family as a, a mother and, then, of course, my grandmother. So when I really think back, you know, to the early stages of my life, my parents, of course, were very young when I was born. They were about 19, 20 uh, years old, respectfully, maybe, and uh, around that age anyway. And so they didn't know much about raising kids and Granny sort of stepped in and uh, was really a great help uh, to my mom and to to me. So, yeah, that's the first thing that comes to mind uh, when I think about way back was just the nurture and love uh, that I sensed, uh, the beauty of the fruit of the Spirit in Granny's life. And she really was the catalyst for our whole family coming to know Jesus. Uh, she really didn't have a, what you would call a personal relationship with God when she was growing up. I mean, they went to church and all of that on the island she was raised on. But when she married my granddaddy, Gray, who you're named after, Grayson, his family uh, knew deep relationship with Jesus. And Granny quickly uh, came into that, uh, that cocoon of Christianity, I'll call it. And uh, she became just a real Jesus believer at a very young age and would go on to really be one of the stalwarts of that local church that my grandfather's family had actually you know, been raised in and built. And uh, she just really came to know the Lord, and you couldn't be around her without uh, thinking about Jesus. So I, I can't hardly mention my life without talking about Granny. Um, so that, that's kind of where it all begins. Uh, her husband, Gray, uh, was a fisherman by trade, a commercial fisherman, net fisherman. Uh, very quiet in personality, uh, very introverted, but a very brilliant man, uh, especially when he came to being a fisherman. He kind of was the teacher of other fishermen. Uh, but he was a captain on his own boat, and... Uh, so he and Granny just made a great couple. She was the outgoing, you know, laughing one, and he was kind of the quiet, solid, strong presence. And actually, I'll just tell quickly that Granddaddy, even though he had grown up in that Christian environment, had kind of got away from the Lord at a young age. And so uh, actually, Granny lived most of their marriage um as the Christian in the family, and granddaddy was uh, what we would call kind of away from the Lord. He was a good man, man of integrity, as good as you could be in the flesh, but he knew something was lacking. And uh, he would be like 61 years old before he finally caved in <laughs> and truly gave his life to Jesus again. And I asked him one day as a young boy in his little net shop where he was mending fishing nets, I say, Granddaddy, uh, what caused you to finally, you know, come to Jesus? And he said, well, why don't you try living your life with your granny as long as I have? 
He said, I finally, he said, I finally, finally just gave in to all of that love and kindness and really Christ eating granny. And so uh, she was not one to give it up very easily. And she loved him all through those years, uh, even though they were kind of a little unequally yoked spiritually, I guess you would call it. Uh, he was her husband, and she loved him, and he loved her, but he came to love Jesus because of her longevity of the love of God yeah. just flowing from her life. So that's the foundation for my dad's parents. And on the other side uh, would have been my mom's parents, and my granddaddy, Lloyd, uh, was also a great man of God. And in that marriage, my grandmother, Irene, would be the last to come to Christ. Yeah. So he lived like Granny Margie uh, pretty much all his life in his marriage as a Christian. And then late, late in her life, I mean, she was at least in her 70s uh, before she really, maybe even 80, before she would pray the prayer of salvation. So uh, that's two interesting stories on both sides of my background uh, when it comes to grandparents. I'll let you redirect anything you want to know from there, but... That's kind of the foundation when I think back on my 60 years. You can't build a 60 years like I've been blessed to experience without a foundation like that. Well, Dad, I was, you were talking two things stuck out. Um, we mentioned uh, that today's Father's Day, and you were talking about you learned nurturing uh, from Granny Margie. Well, nurturing we always typically see as a mother's thing, but a loving, nurturing father, I think, think is also very important and uh also the second thing um that i was thinking about you were talking about granny margie living um you know and that granddaddy didn't come to christ till he was 61 and then granddaddy lloyd living the christian life and grandma irene not coming to the lord till like 80 and that i think is an encouragement to those that may be living with a spouse that doesn't know the lord just to keep living uh, the life, living the Christian life, and praying for their spouse that doesn't know the Lord if they're in that situation. So any thoughts that you have on being a nurturing father as well as a mother, or uh, maybe um, advice for someone living with a spouse that doesn't know the Lord? Yeah, that's a good redirection, Grayson. Uh, the idea that a man can't nurture is just really just ludicrous. Uh, you know, I have kind of had several good debates through the years with people that thought that men uh, could not be nurturers. Now, I think it comes more natural sometimes uh, for a lady, and that's why their mother, you know, mother kind of has that synonym to it of nurture. But in our family, uh, Granny Margie, no doubt, was the nurturer of her family. But on the other side of our family, Granddaddy Lloyd was truly the nurturer of our family. And they were probably in competition. You couldn't tell who the better nurturer was. I mean, they just were just so, I would say they were dripping with Jesus. And that's what made them such a nurturer. And not everyone, you know, has the same uh, you know, filter and all of that were all different. But uh, both of them would prove you the example you're talking about, that uh, God can use a mother or a father to nurture the children, to nurture the family, uh, to lead them to Christ. I mean, he uses both. And your granddaddy, uh, my dad, Billy, 
uh, never been a greater nurturer than him. Of course, he was like Granny Margie. And uh, Granny Margie always wanted to be a nurse. And uh, she didn't have that privilege growing up as a poor girl uh, on an island in a quaint village. And she always wanted to be a nurse. And she never was officially a nurse. But uh, a nurse is someone who nurtures. And so she put that to work in her family. And uh, I would say the payoff was better that she put the nurturing work in her family than if she had put it in a hospital somewhere. Uh, she just, she did what she felt called to do where she was. And dad, my dad, Billy, uh, while my mom has been the prayer warrior and has lived the life over the years uh, and have an element of nurture also to her, uh, she would be the first to tell you that the dad, her husband, Billy, my dad, was the true nurturer of our family. They both were good, but dad, like we say back home, was gooder. Mm. (laughs) Uh, It came more natural for him. So, uh, yeah, I, I love those questions because I myself, Grayson, your mom would say, I mean, it's not good or bad. It's just different. It's just who we are, who God made us to be, uh, as a result, probably, of the incubator of Christianity that I was raised in. I was more equipped, and it came more natural for me to be the nurturer of our family. Uh, your mother is the one who gets things done. Uh, she's the disciplined one. Uh, but I have been probably more of the nurture parent if we were given out, you know, titles. But we worked together. We needed both. Uh, we need everything that we have in a marriage and a family. So I want to say to fathers that are listening, uh, it's okay to nurture your family. <laughs> and if you're not as good at it, uh, it's okay. Uh, Jesus will help you. You know, he will help you nurture uh, at whatever level he can get you at. Uh, But it is important to have uh, encouragement in your life as a child, as a grandchild. I was kind of timid as a kid. I had very low self-esteem. My granny was the first person that I remember who believed in me. Uh, She believed that uh, God would use the tenderness that I had. I wasn't tough, you know. I never had claimed to be tough. And she saw and called that tenderness out of me. It didn't make me less of a man. And she knew that. In some ways, she thought it made me more of a man. Now, our society today could use some grannies like that. (laughs) Uh, You know, nowadays, if a man uh, has any sense of tenderness like I had as a boy, they seem to be, you know, kind of labeled and not always good. And uh, I'm here to report that because I had someone who realized that nurturing is not a female nor a male thing, it's a human thing that God has given us, and it's even better when it's powered by the Holy Spirit. Uh, So I'm grateful that my granny uh, would have talks with me and tell me how God was going to use my life, even though I cry when, you know, Little House on the Prairie music starts playing, Uh, you know, I'm that tender. But, uh, you know, God has used it and he helps me be tough when I need to be tough. (laughs) That's usually where I need more help is when sometimes you have to have that tough love and uh, I have to go to God to find that. Yeah, and I think that as you've been sharing, and you've already referenced um, with both of your grandparents, they brought different things to the marriage, you know? Indeed. You know, one was a husband, one was a wife that brought the nurturing, and there is giftings, you know? We do have gifts, and we, like with the Holy Spirit, um, there is a nurturing as a believer that comes, like, you know, God calls us to 
to be his love and mercy and grace and kindness um, to those around us. And so that does bring more of the nurture um, aspect. But as you've even said with, you know, within your marriage, and like there is one that's more nurturing. And I think that for those listening to really understand that if that's you, you have a really important role to play as a nurturer. <laughs> you know, like this is how God's created me. Am I, am I nurturing those around me? the way God calls us to. And if you're not the nurturer, just being aware of that, but asking God to really um, show you in ways that you can grow in that area. Uh, Where we are weak, he is strong. And so he can help us in ways that we've never thought, asked, or imagined, as the scripture tells us in Ephesians 3. So yeah, that's good. It's good for me to hear, um, be reminded. It's good for those that are listening on this day that whether you are a father or a mother, a grandfather, a grandmother, we have a role to play in future generations. We have a role to play. Yeah. We have a calling to help those generations. It may be a neighbor. It may be a neighbor child or someone within a school system where you work that needs nurture. And if we have that gifting or if not, we need to seek God on how he would use us to make someone else's life different. And I would be amiss at this point to not recognize the fact that God brought you into my life at a time where I needed nurturing and after a long season of rebellion and brokenness. And it doesn't have to be just our children. Um, God gives us spiritual children um, in our life too. So on this Father's Day, I would want to say thank you for that nurture in my life as well. Echo that. Well, you know, uh, I wanted to say you brought some good things to my mind. Thanks, Pastor Margaret. You know, I cried pretty easy as a young boy, and a lot of fathers don't put up with that in a son. Uh, but my dad, because he was a nurturer, he gave me permission to cry. Uh, he even would say to me, son, if you feel like crying, cry. It takes a real man to cry. He said, Jesus wept. <laughs> and uh, he gave me permission, you know, to be who God had created me to be. And then, you know, nurturing is another word for shepherding. Mm. You know, shepherding. And Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. So basically what he was saying was, I am the good nurturer. Now, there was a real stretch in Scripture in John 21, after the resurrection, when Jesus appeared back to the boys down at the Galilee, the Sea of Galilee, and they had gone fishing again. That must have been a futile effort. But anyway, uh, he called, you know, basically them ashore, and uh, Peter came, and he ended up calling Peter to be a shepherd. And uh that was hard for Peter because most fishermen are tough. They have to live a tough life. You don't have to nurture fish. You just catch them and you eat them. You know? But a shepherd has to nurture sheep, uh, even gives them names and you know has to love them and take care of them. And I think Peter must have been just really thrown for a loop. He was probably like a man's man. You know, you don't picture Peter crying that often. Now, after he betrayed Jesus, uh, he denied Jesus, which is the same as betrayal. He went out and wept bitterly, it says. So we see there is a place where Peter uh, would cry, but we don't find him crying a lot, probably, in Scripture. Uh, Yet Jesus saw in Peter what the Holy Spirit could do through him, and he called him, basically, to be a shepherd to call a fisherman to be a shepherd and to be a nurturer. 
And so if Peter can be a shepherd, if Peter can be a nurturer, probably that gives hope to all men and to all creatures. You know, Peter gives us a lot of hope because we see so much of ourselves in him. And so, you know, in my vocation, which is really my calling, uh, I finally found it at, at age 30, uh, 33. I actually started pastoring, but age 30, I went into ministry uh, to prepare. I finally began to realize the things Granny had told me, the things Dad had told me, that the reason that the Lord had wired me the way he had was because he was going to call the son of a fisherman <laughs> once again to be a shepherd for the son and a fisherman for the son. Now, I'm not pastoring a local church anymore. did that for 24 years. Pastor Margaret was you know, beautifully taking me back down memory lane, just talking about her own story. And uh, I did attempt to nurture Pastor Margaret because she was one of the sheep in the flock, you know, and that was what God had called me to do. But, you know, Recently, I was whining to God a little bit. I don't know if either of you do that, but I was kind of whining, and I was kind of feeling a little bit sorry for myself or trying to. That never works out, but at least I was trying to. And I felt like the Lord uh, asked me, you know, what's all the whining about? And basically, I was kind of whining and saying, well, Lord, I don't have a parish anymore. In other words, I'm not a local pastor. I'm a district servant now. I oversee churches, and it's a different different vocation uh, idea than the calling to just be a local pastor, similar in many ways, but not the same. And so I was a little bit whining, Lord, I don't have a parish to do holidays with, and, you know, I don't have a flock, basically, you know, a local flock. And it's like he asked me a question, and the Lord just deals with me this way. In my head, I could hear him saying, I thought you were a Wesleyan. Now, let me qualify that. I've been raised in the Wesleyan framework of theology, which John Wesley has given a lot of articulation in that. And I am a true Christian, but I am from the Wesleyan mode. And I'm like, Lord, yeah, I am a Wesleyan. And I didn't know exactly where he was leading me with this line of thinking in my whining. But then I sensed him saying, what's your favorite John Wesley quote? <laughs> and so I'm like, Lord, you know my favorite John Wesley quote. I was kind of like Peter when the Lord said, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know that I love you. And it's like the Lord said, well, why don't you say your quote out loud so we can hear it? And so right there in the middle of the maritime forest, my outdoor cathedral, I just said out loud, I'm sure my hound dog looked at me, want to know what I was doing. But I said that my favorite Wesley quote, the world is my parish. The world is my parish. John Wesley said that. He said, now, I want you to treat every person you encounter as if they were in your local parish. Wow, that'll preach. So <laughs> now I'm here to report that wherever I show up, I nurture whoever I encounter. I nurture them. Uh, yesterday, I had a meeting with a pastor and uh, we were in a sacred place, a Cracker Barrel, and uh, the waitress, her name was Lisa. And uh, from the very get-go, it's not show-off time, it's for me to show up time with the presence of the Lord. And I sense that she could use a little nurturing. And I began to talk with her, and uh, we sat there for two hours at the table. And even though we were done long ago with coffee refill, she kept coming back uh, because she knew that Someone that she didn't even know, some way genuinely cared about her. Uh, she may never see me again, you know. But it's not about seeing me that mattered. Uh, it was her seeing Christ in me. So it was her. She encountered me, but by encountering me, she received nurture from the good shepherd himself. 
uh, Jesus was nurturing her through me. Uh, so everywhere I go now, it'll mess your life up. I mean, in a real good way. But everywhere I go, my wife just got used to it. And she's kind of joined me in this, you know, whatever she can. Even though maybe it comes a little more natural for me. Uh, she is for it. She encourages me in it sometimes. Uh, the waitress will leave the table and she'll say, hey, you need to keep talking. I think that line is helping her. And, you know, so we kind of are partners in it uh, in that way. Uh, but nurturing is what Jesus did. He said, I am the good shepherd. And that he would entrust me with the same quote-unquote vocation that he defined his own joy description with, a shepherd is the most humbling thing in my life. But I realize that it is the good shepherd spirit in me that takes nurture into a whole new level. I think what you're saying, Dad, is even though some people might have the natural gift of nurturing, whereas some people it doesn't come naturally, that the Spirit of the Lord can teach us to be nurtured and can help us to do that. Yes, he does teach us, and it's kind of on-the-job training, you know. It's, it's not like he takes us in a cave somewhere and teaches us, or even in a classroom. Uh, he promised, uh, Grayson, at the end of the Great Commission, his last words, really, before he lifted off in his ascension, his last words were, Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And of course, his Holy Spirit came at Pentecost. And that's how Jesus is with us always. So if he's our mentor, big capital M, you know, the Holy Spirit is our mentor. And he's teaching us as we go through life. And even more than teaching us, he's reaching through us. You know, he, he's wearing us. He puts us on like a garment, and he wears us into the world. And so I feel like sometimes I'm undercover for Jesus himself. You know, he sneaks up on people through me, and uh, it's an amazing thought, you know. Well, uh, Dad, in the last couple minutes we have here, uh, first of all, let me tell you thank you for the great Christian influence that you've been to me, and I'm just thankful for the Christian heritage that I've grown up with, but anything else uh, that you'd like to share, any type of advice for dads that you'd like to share in closing? <laughs> well, yeah, uh, both of you there, I, it's going to sound a little weird, but in some ways you both are a little bit like my family, like, uh, you know, we have spiritual family, uh, you know, and so I'm just really humbled. I sit here uh, talking through my iPad, looking at my reflection in the dark screen, uh, you know, because this is an audio recording. And uh, I remember when I used to sit there and kind of run the interview, you know, <laughs> and you, you two kind of, you know, let me lead the whole thing. And a minute ago, I was so enjoying just leaning back and saying, this is awesome. Uh, but I'm just really grateful to both of you for carrying this ministry. Uh, it's really a testimony ministry. It really is a hope ministry. It really is hope talks. And I'm, I'm very grateful for both of you for the dedication uh, that you have continued to put into this ministry that I know God birthed so that people would have a place to tell their story, and that's nurturing. When you give people a place to tell their story, one of the first questions I ask, like the waitress, is tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, sometimes I'll say, in a couple sentences, tell me what I should know about you. And I can tell they haven't been asked this 
maybe at least in a long time. Uh, and so when you talk to people and you ask questions, that itself is nurture. And I'm just really grateful for, you know, uh, Pastor Adrian Mills, who keeps ministry like this, uh, you know, uh, up front and center. And uh, for the church at Harrisonburg, of course, that I'm a great debtor to forever. Uh, just that's all I know to say. Many people have nurtured me. Uh, many people have fathered me, you know, fathered and mothered me. And those who have been given much more, much more is required. So my prayer is that you will remember me in your prayers, mm-hmm. that I will be faithful to allow the Lord to show up through my life wherever I happen to be, and that I won't forget until my final breath that whoever I encounter, that is the world for me, and the world is my parish, and that I won't be a whiner, but I'll be a winner, a soul winner. <laughs> well, they say that you can have um, a pity party as long as you invite God. So he turns those around real quick. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. That was Pastor Camelot. Sounds like this. Well, Dad, thank you for joining us today on Hope Talks. It's been good to have you. Thank you, and uh, God bless. And I miss my daddy on Father's Day, but uh, we shall meet on that beautiful shore. Amen. Well, uh, thank you for listening to today's broadcast. And it's actually, uh, this month has been eight years since we started the radio program and a little over 10 years since we started the podcast uh, and we pray that today's uh, broadcast, as you've listened to my dad, Pastor Kerry Willis, share with us, has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Hope Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.